0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Energy City Plugged In podcast, where we will talk about the latest in news, sports, and entertainment in the Estevan area. The Energy City Plugged In podcast is sponsored by the Estevan Mercury, Estevan's number one source for news since 1903. You are listening to us via the Estevan Mercury's website at estevanmercury.ca, via iTunes or SoundCloud. My name is David Wilberg, and I'm a reporter for the Estevan Mercury. Joining me this week is Norm Park, the editor of the Estevan Mercury. It's our first edition of the year. Uh, It's probably too late in the year to wish everybody a happy new year, but uh, it's good to be back. Norm, how are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you, and uh, happy Hanukkah and (laughs) New Year's and Christmas and everything else that we rolled into.
0: It's a pleasure to have you with me today, Norm. Uh, Of course, one of the big issues in Estevan early in the year, every year is the city budget. The city has mm-hmm. been uh, discussing the budget uh, this month, and on Monday night's meeting, they're going to likely be ratifying the budget, and hopefully, hopefully, they'll have some people there to give their thoughts uh, on the document, other than the Chamber of Commerce, who is there every mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, Norma? I, I,
1: one thing, I'm, I'm really impressed with the fact that over the last several years, uh, the city's been able to formulate a budget as early as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite often in the in the past, it, you know, they would be going into mid-spring before they'd be able to uh, uh, slide a budget out to the general population. But now they seem to be able to have a handle on it by, you know, working on it in October, November, and presenting it uh, in the early part of the, the next fiscal year, which is, I think, great because it's, it gives uh, – the the general population a, a good feel for
0: what's going to be uh, coming down uh, the pike in in the year i remember my second year uh, in the city uh 2002 the budget didn't get passed until june i and do was, yeah i do that yeah a change in the treasurer position the treasurer of the day mm-hmm. uh quit in january or february and the budget meetings were often five hour, three to five hours long, and it was uh, schmoz. Well, I think they, Although they, they gave us lots of
1: ammunition to cover. They used to go line by line, too, didn't they? The mm-hmm. counselors used They're to do Page oh, by page. Yeah, grueling.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, capital budget discussions were usually mm-hmm. entertained because, I mean, that's really what people mm-hmm. do care about is the capital mm-hmm. and the things. What
1: do you see in the budget this year uh, that, big, that, that drew your attention?
0: The big one was obviously uh, from the uh, general fund. The big one is King Street. It's <coughs> gonna be about a million dollars, and they're going to resurface from uh, Sirs Avenue North to uh, uh, I believe it is Arthur Avenue, uh, mm-hmm. either Arthur. Mm-hmm. I, 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 be, no, uh, I, I believe. No, I believe yes, just to Arthur Avenue because okay. there's no undergrounds in that stretch of the, of King Street. <gasps> okay, which so. will resurface one of the worst areas in the city, and the other one is, and this is the one that I think everyone's going to be happy about: is they're going to widen King Street between Bannatyne Avenue and Pine Avenue. Right. So no more two two lanes going uh, westbound and one lane going eastbound. It's mm-hmm. been a, a mess for for years, and people don't most people in town who weren't around. Uh, when it was designed like that, don't understand well, why. Strange, well, strangers
1: of that. start b- driving down are totally bamboozled, and yep. I like to call it sort of the three and a half lane stretch of roadway yep. that we have there. And I'm I still even <clears throat> been here for decades. I still get not confused by it, but sort of why? What happened?
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I think we're all looking forward to. Uh, a King Street that makes sense and is a little bit easier to drive on as well.
1: That's right. And I remember when that, um, uh, oh boy, the, uh, the company that came in to do the planning and everything else, and and they was, that that was one of their first primary items on their uh, agenda that, that the city could look at for infrastructure in the future. And uh, they said that would be one of the easiest fixes in terms of physical and physical planning. That they would be able to get that done and and um, get it done properly and and it wouldn't uh, wouldn't require a whole bunch of uh, time and attention.
0: No, the other there's a couple other things. One um, I cover in this week's uh, editorial and lifestyles is uh, repairs to the civic auditorium. They're looking at spending 250 grand to uh, make some much-needed repairs, uh, particularly to the heating, which has been a big issue the last couple of years. So I think you know. People will be happy. Uh, there will be some who will be disappointed that we're putting money into an arena that's likely going to be uh, torn down in the next few years. But if you want to keep yeah. it operating, you have to be able to be willing to spend the Do money. Do you think
1: that's going to be the fate of the Civic Auditorium is, within it, it the next? It's going to whatever. have to
0: happen eventually. I, when Affinity <laughs> Place opened, I thought the Civic would give us ten years if mm-hmm. we were lucky. Now, looking now, I th- I think now it looks like it could be more then uh, it could be beyond 2021, but it's a 60-year-old arena and eventually you're going to run into a situation in which you just can't do upgrades anymore and it's going to have to – sadly, so it's going to have to come down.
1: So what's the alternative? What what, what are we going to do for another sheet of ice? Are we going to build something,
0: do you think? Or that's, that's the long-term that decision.
1: Is project going to serve the purpose? I don't think so.
0: It's, it's not going to be what we need because <laughs> you're not going to be playing – uh, a minor hockey game outdoors. outdoors when it's minus 30 degrees. Hey, out. The
1: NHL does. <laughs> no, not classics. when it's minus
0: 30. <laughs>
1: Outdoor classics.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the Kismet Project is a great project, uh, but the, the, they're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. Do we, you know, once Spectators it's, once it's anyway, time yeah. to... Take the Civic down. Do we build a third arena or do we go with two? And if they want to go with two, they're going to have to do some pretty significant upgrades to the to Power the, Dodge Ice Center yeah. because it's it's a number three arena. Yeah, it's
1: a small ice surface and it's small seating capacity. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think the design of it is fine enough, but it just needs to, like you say, have that expansion attitude and... Uh, and uh, Mode put into it in in terms of uh, making it a secondary ice service instead of a third 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 rate one. Yeah.
0: There's two more items uh, in the budget that caught my attention. One oh, yeah. is they got money from the federal government uh, last year for a couple of utility fund projects. The most notable being that they're going to uh, switch the water in primary water intake source from the for the city from Boundary Dam to Rafferty Dam. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a three-year project or thereabouts, but they're going to start moving on that this year. And that's one that, you know, we'll see uh, improved water quality. For What's the, the numbers on those? Uh, you know I, I it, between that one and a uh, residuals management project, it's a total of about $9 million to be spent over three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the federal and provincial governments are covering uh, two-thirds of the cost. So
1: Okay. And is Boundary Dam still going to be a It will be the backup, secondary. Backup, just, yep.
0: just in case we run into a situation like they did up north last year with the Husky oil spill. Sure. If we get something happens with Ra- Rafferty, then we can go back to Boundary Dam and use that as the uh, water intake. What a distinct advantage, Yeah. Hey? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one, and this leads into the other big topic of discussion uh, uh, so far this year, is they are going to borrow $2.5 million so that those of us at the Estevad Mercury can get some new neighbors. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting to have the the fire trucks uh, screaming out <laughs> uh, right next door. Well,
0: we're, we're certainly looking <laughs> forward to it here. Uh, as long as
1: they don't do it during the podcast, we'll yeah.
0: be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, if they do, we'll just race out and grab some photos and if you're not aware of what Norm and i are talking about uh the estevan fire rescue service uh plans to purchase the old uh, murray gm building next door to us and uh convert that into the new fire hall it's still contingent on the building passing a, mm-hmm. an engineering structural engineering report which it should and if it does then they're going to move ahead. And given the fact that that building is still in really good shape, and given the fact that it's kind of built for the for a fire hall, given the fact you've got the bay doors for the very garages, little, very little they, think they can be. Yeah. They think they can be in there um, sometime in the spring or the summer. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who haven't been in our current fire hall, we need a new fire hall. Uh, and this one is the current fire hall is small. They don't have all the enough room for all of their equipment, and if there's one, you know, the fire department is always the division that you know you connect to the public. You could almost give them a blank check because you know them and the police, because you know those are the ones that the public I I, really I think supports. that
1: this it's a great decision. I uh, you know I would totally back it. Uh, the only downside I see to something like that is the fact that they'll uh, I. Going to have to uh, reduce their payment on the overall debt
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, instead of giving two and a half or three million dollars to the debt uh, to knock it back down. Uh, they're only going to be doing it by about half a million this year, mm-hmm. which leads to the question of or the concern of if there is any other major event or mm-hmm. circumstance that arises in the community. Uh, within the next eleven months, um, it could be a dilemma mm-hmm. uh, on that on that front. In, s- in other words, uh, instead of reducing the debt by half a million, we could be adding another half a million or two million, to, depending on what the, the circumstance is. Whether it be a disaster or whether it be whatever. Um, so that 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 would be about my only concern. And 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 the, and, the, and of course, that's a what if situation. Yeah. It's not a. It's going to happen. It's just a. It, it it leaves little margin for error if if it's if if the what if does happen, and at, and at I the think same time, I think we're going to be okay. But I mean, the, as far as the uh, as far as the the choice and the, the decision, I'm I'm all for it. I don't, I can't see anything else.
0: The location makes perfect yeah. sense. It's, it does. Yeah. I mean, if a festival was a dartboard, you mm-hmm. throw a dart mm-hmm. at the bullseye. That bullseye would yeah. basically be the. The yep. proposed new home for the fire department, mm-hmm. and the other thing is, yes, it's going to cost us two point five million dollars this year, and we're going to have to borrow for it. However, uh, it's cheaper than building You know, a new fire hall is going to cost you seven to ten million dollars. Exactly, and it's going the, the new fire hall. The proposed location was <clears> on the north end of the city. And mm-hmm. so you're losing that central location. You're in a residential area, so yep. uh, resi- you, you, just you, sense. you aren't going to be happy. Down The people who down- live down there know that it was planned mm-hmm. when they bought their houses, but they're still not going to be thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. This location works in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, 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 our firefighters, uh, the, the men and the women at the Estevan Fire Rescue Service, certainly deserve it.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, like I say, it's, it's a really good uh, decision, and I just hope that nothing co- comes up in the interim to, to sort of spoil the, the overall effects, but uh, I, I don't, uh, I'm not a, a pessimist. I think mm-hmm. it's going to work out quite well, and as much as some people would love to see more being put onto the debt uh, to reduce the debt, uh, I I think it's one of those so-be-it uh mm-hmm situations this year absolutely and if even if they can knock the debt down by half a million then at least that's progress
0: absolutely well thank you very much norm coming up next jamie harkins will join me to talk about the local sports scene welcome back joining me now is estevan mercury sports reporter jamie harkins to give us an update on the local sports scene jamie it's great to have you here as always thank you very much for having me uh, as always, we'll uh, start off with our local junior hockey team, the uh, Power Dogs of Ambruins. They've, yeah, uh, you know, they, they've, their their pace has tailed off a little bit, but they're still playing quite well, and they're still leading the division by a comfortable margin. Uh, Jamie, how have they been playing before and after the Christmas
2: break? Even with all the breaks that they've had, uh, well, they had a bit of a setback in their last game. They just lost five nothing to the Nippon Hawks. Uh, on Wednesday at Affinity Place, uh, and before that, they had a fight field game against the Humboldt Broncos, and they won 7-4. to It seems right now that they're basically in the middle of the pack. They do have that spot locked up, uh, top of the Viterra division, and a comfortable lead there. So what they have to do is basically just not get complacent here and uh, keep moving forward because uh, they... Uh, they're having a hard time against the tougher teams in the league right now
0: yeah and it seems like they're you're you're starting to see that separation you know Battlefords is a powerhouse Flon's a powerhouse that we expected they would be Nippins's loaded up and and the Bruins are strong but you know lately they've been maybe as a, a cut below uh those top three teams and then a step above
2: everyone else are you, are you do you think that's a fair assessment? Uh, yeah, I would say that's a fair assessment. The other teams do um, seem to be catching up, though, um, like the uh, like the Melford Mustangs, for instance, who will be, be playing on Saturday here. Um, they are a little below them in the standings, but Melford has uh, something to play for. Try to get the sixth spot and a bye through the first round of the playoffs, and uh, so you can't take them lightly. I would actually expect that game Saturday night will
0: be a first round, a preview of the first round series. Uh, or of the, sure, of the league quarterfinals, because I think Melford is going to get in that sixth uh, seed. Is there maybe a team that isn't getting a lot of attention uh, that people should be looking at I- in that second half, in the second half of the league
2: standings? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. Um, maybe Weyburn? Well, Weyburn isn't exactly doing all that great either, I don't really think. Um, it's kind of more... You got the top four, and then you got uh, you got the rest of the pack, apart from the uh, bottom feeders like Larenz, really in the bottom. They're kind of all kind of bunched together. It's a real close battle there to try to get the uh, to get into the uh, to the top six. Uh, Bruins did make uh, a couple trades
0: uh, before the uh, trade deadline, they brought in a defenseman from out east.
2: Uh, how's he looked so far? Uh, he looks fantastic. Uh, Evan Scott is just a. Um, He's a stay-at-home uh, defenseman, tough guy, big guy. Uh, I think he'll fit in real well there, playing on, uh, I believe he's playing on the second unit there with uh, On the last time I saw them against uh, Humboldt. And he'll be a good, steady presence uh, in the back end. And then they also got their goaltender, Matt Lenz, who's actually up with the Bruins right now. Um, Curtis Meager's uh, in PA with the Raiders uh, for the week. So uh, I don't know if he's going to get any playing time, but um, at least he'll get a chance to practice with the team. Excellent. Switching gears to the local minor hockey uh,
0: scene. Uh, obviously, there's you know, we talked about a lot last time or before Christmas. There's some uh, teams doing really, really well. Uh, have those teams
2: been able to continue their their pace? Uh, the Apex uh, Major Double A Bruins are on a 11 game uh, winning streak or well undefeated streak, I guess right now. And uh, so yeah, they're they're just. Uh, they're doing extremely well, and uh, they're just kind of rolling into the playoffs. They're going to try to win out here before uh, before they make it in. Um, the other teams, you know, we're seeing you know it's it's, it's a dog days of winter right now, so um, you know everybody's in their kind of mid to final season uh, streak here. So they're just kind of, I'd assume, uh, you know, try to ramp things up before the playoffs start here in the next month.
0: Uh, provincials uh, should be starting soon for some of these teams, right? Uh,
2: yeah, provincials. Um, it seems I've looked at the schedule, and a lot of it isn't even out yet right now. So, and it looks like um, they're going to have to have the provincials done by the end of February. So, you might not see that start up for another maybe two, three weeks. So, provincials will be done by the end of February. Or they'll be the first round. Will oh, be the done.
0: first round will be done by the end of February. Okay, that's good. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then we can look forward as well to league playoffs as well for these minor hockey teams, so they're going to be busy over the next two months. Yeah,
2: yeah, it all starts uh, starts getting crazier around the middle of February and <laughs> middle of February to the middle of March. It's going to be nonstop uh, action at the hockey rink. And uh, the other
0: hockey that generates a lot of interest around here is the Big Six Hockey League, and after they didn't win it last year, the Beanfake Kohlers appear to have returned to their their roost is the top team in the league uh, this year. Uh, do they look like they
2: are the team to beat entering the playoffs? They do look like they're the team to beat. Um, they're right up there, um, first place in the standings. And uh, so I guess that's familiar place uh, for them. So, um, But there are some other teams um, like Bovoda, you know, and Karandaf, uh, who actually has a fairly good team this year. So, um, And actually Yellowgrass, the expansion team, is doing fairly well this year as well. So they're going to have some competition, uh, I nobody's going to be taking it easy on them
0: of course the Voloda Flyers are the defending league champions they've kind of had an up and down season are you surprised though you mentioned Yellowgrass
2: are you surprised with how well they've done this year uh, not really um a lot of their team is uh you know it's it's kind of Arcola just moved over there so it's not exactly they're not really a new team just a new place to play so it's the same kind of team they all know each other so you know they're uh they're just keeping it going.
0: I'm certainly excited to see the Carlisle Cougars uh, back in the league this year, and while the the results haven't necessarily been there uh, this year, how have they played?
2: Uh, Well, they're not doing all too good this year, uh, but they are uh, a true expansion club, so uh, it might take them a little while just to get used to the pace of play in the senior hockey. It's uh, it's a tough league. Uh, You know, you got... uh, you got junior A guys. You got guys that played in the Dub. You got guys that played university hockey that are playing there. So, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a rec league by any means.
0: <laughs> uh, finally, coming up uh, on a different sporting note is one of my favorite events of the year, and a favorite event for a lot of people in town, and that's the McLeod Series, uh, a series that's really been rejuvenated in the last couple of years. Now that it's not just Weyburn romping to uh, sweeping the series and winning by a total, total score of more than 150 points. Estevans won the last two years, and uh, two years ago the, the gym at the comp was packed for that final game against Weyburn. Uh, what can people expect to see this year?
2: Uh, well, the first uh, matches, boys and girls, uh, goes February 8th in Weyburn and then uh, they're back here in est Van on February 15th. So, yeah, the LX, they're looking... Uh, the LX senior boys team, they're looking to have a strong team this year. They're uh, hitting up a lot of weekends. They're going to uh, tournaments. They're looking to play a nine this uh, season. Uh, the girls team... Uh, don't know as much about them they haven't had their home tournament yet that doesn't happen until the beginning of March actually so um but they lost Tess Lindquist from last year she was earlier uh, their captain last year but they still got uh, Morgan Finkter uh Courtney Kobitz so they should still be pretty strong um we're going to see what happens we'll all know uh how much they're going to need to win by or everything like that on February 15th with the games going in Weyburn first so
0: uh, do you think the Alex have a realistic shot at winning this year? Is it too hard to tell?
2: I think it's too hard to tell, really, but uh, because I don't really, I haven't seen Wayburn play any games yet either. So, but uh, yeah, it's always a battle between them. You never know who's going to win on when it comes between Aston and Weyburn. Excellent.
0: Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to that one, and we look forward to uh, to hopefully seeing a a packed house at the ECS uh, gymnasium. Uh, for those games on uh, February fifteenth. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, coming up next, Norm Park, and I will uh, wrap up this week's edition. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Uh, joining me for today's final segment again is Norm Park. We're going to discuss another uh, hot uh, button issue so far this year with the transformational change. And Norm, we certainly saw uh, what that's going to mean for the healthcare sector as there will be one regional health authority for the entire province as opposed to, I believe it is, the 12 or 14 that they have now. Uh, Were you surprised uh, when the government said, let's go with one health region? Yes.
1: Actually, I I have to admit I I was surprised by the one, uh, mainly because uh, Alberta went that route and it didn't work out all that slick for them. Uh, But this group, of, of course, is saying that they've learned the lessons from uh, Alberta and what they didn't do right, and that they won't repeat those errors. Um, but I was thinking more in terms of a sort of a zone type of situation, maybe with four, four geographic zones that they would do it in mm-hmm. and, and still be able to uh, encompass um, efficiencies of, of scale. And uh, going with the one huge district, and of course the, uh, there's going to be a smaller one, northern one, that the, they're going to leave intact, and, and it's, uh, it receives the bulk of its uh, financing, I believe, from the federal uh, bank, so that won't be as big an issue for the majority of the population in Saskatchewan. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's already in transition. I've learned by going to the Health Region board meeting the other day just a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, there it's underway. the The transition is beginning, and uh, so it's a matter of uh, uh, answering a whole bunch of questions over the next, I would say, five months, as to how long it's going to take to for something to to take form. And uh, I think they've got a uh, I think they have a handle on on what they'd like to do. So it's just a matter of will it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you were at the health region meeting on on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What were uh, you, without giving much too giving away too much for what's in the Mercury story mm-hmm. next Wednesday? But what are is the health region thinking, or what are their thoughts on? on well, the this? board
1: the board itself is you know they're going to govern until they're told not to govern anymore. I mean, and, and uh, that they are expecting that to come in the fall. In the meantime, they'll continue with their their same uh, board members. Uh, uh, Estevan's board members, Gary Saint Ange. Unfortunately, he wasn't at that meeting uh, on uh, last. Uh, Wednesday, uh, the twenty fifth of January. But um, uh, as as far as administration is concerned, there I don't think they're going to lose too many people right off the bit. But that is going to be one of the concerns. Is uh, a lot of these uh, leadership types of the vice presidents and the managers of various departments uh, might just start to start to bail before the, uh, before that time mm-hmm. happens, and understandably so. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think is in terms of, uh, of uh, process, I think, uh, that, like I said, they're, they're going to do various uh, sectors. Uh, they're, they're working on information technology. They're working on clinical services, finances, uh, human resources. They're going to take those in each uh, stream, uh, so to speak. So by the end of perhaps September or October, the whole transition will have happened. So they're going to do it in segments, apparently, and and then they're going to have one um, one board, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll be an appointed board. It won't be an elected board.
0: As, as would it be expected given and, the uh, government uh, with health
1: care? Yeah, that's that, that electoral democratic ship sailed some time ago in health care, and so uh, it will be an appointed board. And uh, as you could probably tell by my comment, that I'm not in favor of an appointed board, <laughs> but... Uh, uh so again, so be it so uh, it, it's happened it's it's going to happen, and it's just be a matter of who and who's going to be on that board that's going to be rather interesting and then, of course, the other big question is who's going to be the czar
0: yes
1: who's going to be the CEO to end all CEOs in health care for the province of saskatchewan and uh I don't know if, <laughs> if I would ever want what it be
0: a job I would
1: want who would want that job i because you're going to have a whole bunch of bosses
0: yep now one of the big concerns is you know quality of care we gonna is there gonna be something lost in terms of the care that people will receive particularly i think in rural communities is that a a concern that you share whenever they talk you know they meaning
1: Governance and administration—they always talk about, you know, frontline will never be affected. Blah blah. You know, that's the old line. They have to—they have to spout that line, whether it's an elected politician or whether it's a, an appointed board member or whether it's a, a selected uh, administrator. The, you know, the the line that has to be spouted is frontline care, primary care, acute care, uh, long-term care will not suffer. Uh, from this transformation we'll see
0: mm-hmm. uh, just quickly on the one more thing when it comes to transition trans sorry transformational change mm-hmm. is uh has also been with the schools that's not as far along as it is with healthcare. but mm-hmm. uh are you starting to get an idea of what it might look like within the schools and the school divisions and school boards they have
1: four plans out there that uh Dan Perrins has brought to the table with regards to uh, the recommendations that, uh, or with regards to his studies that he's carried uh, out uh, with regards to the uh, to the educational system in Saskatchewan, and those recommendations have now been put into the laps of a six-person panel. That uh, and that panel, of course, and one of the members of that panel is uh, former Estevan uh, area. Resident and uh, um, Southeast Cornerstone Public School Division uh, Trustee Janet Ford, Mm -hmm. uh, who is also uh, former president of the Saskatchewan School Trustees Association or School Boards Association and uh, the Canadian School Boards uh, Group, so uh, she comes to the table with some with some knowledge and some uh, acumen behind her name. And she's just one of the members of that panel. So they have a pretty decent panel there. I know the Southeast Cornerstone, I haven't read their total presentation. It's a 17-page document uh, as to what they prefer. But from what I'm getting, from having talked with Chairwoman Audrey Tremblay and a few members of the board, uh, they would like to see some perhaps major tweaks to the boundaries, that type of thing, but still pretty well maintain uh, a district and a divisional system uh, it could get clumsy if they if they can't make the separate school divisions make any transformational change and they can't but they can make the public boards do transformational change it could get real greasy and messy
0: i guess that's one of the challenges with education in this province is yes. the yeah. two you know the public and the separate school divisions. Yeah. And I think they would be insane to go mm-hmm. to the to, to try to cut, trim it down to you know three or four or five public school divisions. Yeah, one uh, board, one board suits all. I don't think it'll work. And not with the number of schools it, that you have in the province. No, no, and uh, I, I
1: don't see it happening. Uh, but there, that is one of the options. But right now, that's being looked at. If they went the same route as the health. That would be pretty radical.
0: That would be suicide, basically. <laughs>
1: it would be radical. <laughs> 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 you can use the word suicide, and I, I don't disagree. But, Insanity. But I'm I'm using the word radical. If they went with <laughs> with the one one serves all. Um, uh
0: format i don't think it would work no uh mm-hmm. one last topic we want to cover and this is on a little bit more upbeat note of course it's canada's uh, uh 150th birthday uh this year and we're certainly looking forward to the uh festivities that are going to be taking place uh, throughout the southeast this year you're you looking forward to seeing some of the activities that'll well. that'll that'll happen Well,
1: I wasn't around here in
0: 67, but I
1: was in Ontario at that time. And it was a huge birthday party for Canada overall. And I, you know, you look around this province even, and what town didn't have a centennial rink or a centennial Mm -hmm. hall or something built because the uh, federal government went all out that year and we had Expo 67 in Montreal. There was all kinds of huge things happening in Canada. The hundred and fiftieth, it seems to be pretty well understated and pretty modest in mm-hmm. in in comparison. So, uh, so t- to answer your question, uh, I, I'm I'm expecting that it'll be a nice birthday party, but I'm not expecting extravaganza.
0: I guess comparable f- might be in 2005 Saskatchewan celebrated its right. centennial. Yep. I remember basically every community in the southeast had something yep. happening at some it. point in right. the spring yeah. and summer. Yeah. Are you expecting maybe something more along those lines for Canada's 150th? Uh,
1: you're going to get the fireworks and the fun and games. It's going to happen in uh, Ottawa, yeah, and it'll happen in maybe Toronto and Montreal. Uh, you know, And I don't think out here the west – it's going to uh, resonate as as wildly, but I do believe there are some local projects that are on the board, and uh, we're certainly not going to let the whole year go by without recognition. But uh, and I'm not downplaying the 150. If something happens and it's big and it's good and it's grand, let's do it. You mm-hmm. know, let let's let's uh, hang our banner up and and get on with the with the fun. But right now. And we're one month into it, and I haven't haven't seen any uh, yeah. banner-waving exercises yet.
0: The Savannah Art Gallery Museum has a few activities yep. already planned, mm-hmm. and you would expect an organization like that to take the lead on something like this. So we're certainly looking forward to some of the activities uh, that they have I'd love to see it,
1: yeah. I'd love, to, I'd love to see what we have coming up. Uh, you know. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well... Thank you very much for joining me this week, Norm. Uh, Thanks to Jamie Harkins for dropping by to talk about sports, to, to producer Sam for his work again, and to all of you for listening to this week's edition of the Energy City Plugged In podcast.